Welcome to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly episode for movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Welcome to a spooky edition of the Media Boat Podcast. We are recording this on the 29th of October, which means that we are two days away from Halloween. Uh, he's wearing his Clark Kent costume, as you can tell. Yes, for those of you watching this from the YouTube live stream or the recorded stream. And I'm wearing my uh, uh, failed uh, sports team fan outfit, <laughs> which is where I wear every week. But you already knew that. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 355. And uh, let's get rolling right into it. We always start with music. Yep, we got a lot to cover. So pretty much we have a lot to do afterwards as well. So that's yeah. <laughs> more Party time! Yes. Somebody's birthday uh, was yesterday, so to say happy birthday to the birthday boy. Yes, right in the chat. Happy birthday. <laughs> send him presents. And Not on Twitch, but send us stuff anyways. Yes. So we're going to start, as we always do, with the music section. And we start the music section with the billboard. And we always start the billboard yeah. with the Hot 100. And your newest hot number one song yes. is Unholy Have by... Sorry. By Sam Smith and Kim Petras. (laughs) Have you heard this thing? No, I have not. It's kind of weird. It's got a weird vibe to it. It's like, kind of like, I get it why it's like kind of a Halloween season single. It's got that vibe to it. Okay. Unholy. Unholy. Yeah, that was my Sam Smith. You're the Sam Smith unholy voice. All right. Uh, Can we get two? Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. At three, As It Was by Harry Styles. Can we get at four? California Breeze by. Little baby. And rounding out your top five, I Like You, a happier song by Post Malone featuring Doja Cat. So pretty much the same thing except for the Sam Smith and Kim Petras song coming in number one, California Breeze by Little Baby entering into the list here. Yep. As for your Billboard 200, your albums chart, yep. at number one, hey. It's Only Me by Little Baby. Coming into both the Hot 100 and 200. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number two, Un Verano Sinti by Bad Bunny. At three, The Return of the Dream Canteen by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, again. Again. They're back. And then at four, Dangerous, the double album by Morgan yeah, Wallen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And coming in at number five, and staying at number five, and just like casually hanging around there at number five, The Hits. <laughs> I mean, The Highlights by The weekend. Yeah, it's like almost if people are having parties this week, maybe you'd put on the highlights and people would really like that. Huh? He's yeah. got the hits. <laughs> and if you're wondering where Taylor Swift is, she'll chart next week. Next week. And absolutely, with a bullet, guaranteed number one. No chance that it's not. She has already sold more pure copies of the record, pure copies of the record than any other record this year, and it's only been a week. She hit that record like day three. Let's be real. That's definitely your number one record. There's no way it's not. And that's our Taylor Swift music <laughs> session this week. <laughs> yes. Promise we will not bring her up for the rest of the podcast. As much as I, as much as that every song on that record has been stuck in my head this week. It's a grower, folks. It's a grower. <laughs> uh, if you didn't like any of those albums, or if you try to listen to something other than Taylor Swift. I don't know why you would. I don't know why you would. Uh, but we have new releases, <laughs> including Back Home by Big Joni. Uh, Big Joni, uh, who had a, a, a guest appearance on... Um, uh, the Carly record, I think. Okay. What a recent record. I, a recent record, and I forget if it was Carly's or not. That was a very recent record. So, I don't remember. That was last week. I think Joni showed up recently on something. All right. We also have Palomino by First Aid Kit. Not to be confused with Palomino by Miranda Lambert, Lambert, which came out earlier in the year. Yes. Uh, MK 3.5 
colon, die cuts one, city planning by Mount Kindy. Don't know. And lastly, Alpha Zula by Phoenix. Yes. Not Phoenix. Phoenix. They're back. Um, If you had guessed that Mount Kindy record was either a name of an album or a Kingdom Hearts game, (laughs) I genuinely don't know which one I would choose. Maybe they started with HK (laughs) 3.5. Or KH (laughs) 3.5. The city planning, though, is like, what is it, SimCity? Like... I don't know. I don't know. It's like die cuts one. <laughs> I don't understand any of it, but whatever. It's not for me. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, new Phoenix album. Yeah. And those are your new yeah. releases. Okay. Unless you want to count singles, because that leads us right to our first, uh, first story. Yes. Because Rihanna is yes, back. That Rihanna. Yes. Super Bowl performer halftime show. Sorry. Apple Music presents the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl halftime. 50, wait, fifty. 54. Where, where are we? 53. <laughs> 53? Super Bowl 53, 53 halftime show. Halftime show presented by Apple Music. Yes. Presents Rihanna. Yes. Well, before that happens, uh, she put out new music this week. Yes. She dropped her first single in six years. Damn. Uh, the title track, Lift Me Up, is the first track to emerge from Marvel's blockbuster sequel, or soon-to-be blockbuster yes. sequel, because it had its world premiere earlier this week. Yes. Black Panther, colon, Wakanda Forever. The song, a tribute to the life and legacy of Chadwick Boseman, was written by Nigerian singer-songwriter Thames. Who we've seen on the top five several times this year. Yep. Rihanna. Uh, top film composer Ludwig Goransson, I think who also scored Black Panther I earlier. so. And I think also scored uh, the Joker film as well. Right. Yes. And won, won the yeah. Oscar? I want to say won the I Oscar for say, score. yes. Yep. And uh, as well as director Ryan Coogler. Right. Uh, it is one of two songs from the film, which um, we'll get into movies section, but yeah. premieres uh, in two weeks on November the 11th. Coming soon. Yep. Few other details have been released about the song or the soundtrack album, that Rihanna is said to be curating in a manner similar to the Kendrick Lamar helm, the first film's album. This is cool, and it's a great way to kind of welcome back Rihanna. Have you heard this? Uh, no, I actually tried searching for it, but I couldn't find it under Rihanna. Yeah. Then again, I didn't search under Black Panther. Well, the first time I heard it, I was genuinely surprised. Uh, when you think Rihanna, you think pop kind of dance. Mm-hmm. Especially with all the rumors circulating over the last six years that the next thing she was going to put out would be a reggae album. This is not either of those things. Um, Lift Me Up, as the kind of context suggests, is it is a ballad. It is a tear-jerking ballad where Rihanna sings her heart out, and she sounds great, uh, about like someone who lifts her up. And so it's very, very heartfelt. It's very good um, ode to Chadwick Boseman. It made me tear up in the car on my way to work. I'll admit it. Uh, So thank you, Pisces Queen Rihanna, for giving us emotional fish something to cry to. Uh, but yes, uh, it's great. I liked it. Really. Uh, and if this is a, 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 a example of what the, this new era of Rihanna is going to give us, I'm ready for it. And I'm excited to hear what else she's got. Now, is it as much as a tearjerker as Charlie Pruth and Wiz Khalifa song? <laughs> That's a manly man tearjerker. Yes. Different kind. This is not that. But it's the same kind of context, though, because that <laughs> came out with Fast 7. Right. Yes. It doesn't... Let's put it this way. It, it has the same context of... Like paying homage to someone who's no longer there. Sure, but see this, you again. Sure, but the Rihanna song does not break out into a rap verse, uh, so well, it's, it's better in that way. Not yet. Not yet. No. 
So the re- waiting for the remix for that one. Yes. Anyway, so that's the Rihanna song. It's uh, yeah, it's fun. Or it's not fun. It's that was not a fun song. Use, it, use for it, but it's beautiful and it's it's well done. So it's hey, a tearjerker. Welcome back, Rihanna. Is what I'll say. Oscar nominated, maybe. I absolutely think that this is a shit win. Really, an Oscar win. Oscar uh, it's, win. It's Oscar bait. This it's song. an Oscar Trust win. Me. Okay. I think it can. All right, we'll mark it right now. Mark, it, uh, mark this end podcast. of October before we yes. before we get to November before Even the before film comes out before award season starts. You're calling. I'm calling it. Song of the. I'm calling it. <laughs> we're calling the song already. All right. Anyway. All right. Anyways, our second story takes us to the world of country music. Yes. Um. Actually, into a person that I saw recently at the beginning of the month, Alan Jackson. Yes, a little bit of a follow-up story, actually. Yeah. So, the country music industry is bringing Alan Jackson his roses in a big way in 2022. He was announced this past Thursday as this year's recipient of the Country Music Association's top lifetime honor, officially dubbed the Willie Nelson Lifetime Achievement Award. It's funny that they call it that because Willie Nelson is not dead. <laughs> yes. Most of the time, Lifetime Achievement Awards are named after someone who has died. Yeah. But Willie just won't die. He just keeps living. Well, Willie has like at least like three different lifetimes now. <laughs> so he probably it's won true. his own award at some point. <laughs> Maybe he won. He was the first winner probably of the Willie Nelson Award. Yep. Anyway. Anyways, a tribute performance is set to, to take place November 9th uh, during the CMA Awards telecast. Oh, Country's Biggest Night. Yes. Uh, has hosted by Peyton Manning and yes. the country kid himself, Luke Bryan. Right. Uh, well, he's no longer a kid, but they no. keep trying to play it up in the commercials because like, <laughs> Peyton's like the older veteran. Sure. Even though like Luke Bryan's been on American Idol and has more like, TV. Our friend stuff. from last week's back. Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought we banned them. Oh, we banned them last week. <laughs> well, do it again. Anyway. Yeah, we do. Ignore the chat. Yes, ignore the chat. All zero of you watching, ignore it. Anyways. Anyways, the announcement comes on the heels of Jackson having been given the Artist of a Lifetime Award by CMT on that network's CMT Artists of the Year special back on October 14th. The tribute performance for Jackson on the CMAs will feature Carrie Underwood, Dirks, and his Bentley. Wow. Yes. Bringing the party, John Party. Oh. And, and Lainey Wilson, uh, which the association announced on Thursday as well. Which makes sense. All of this makes sense considering the context of what Alan Jackson's going through, the news he received, and yep. kind of the end of his tour era. Um, so now, what's that called? Uh, Shark Marie Tooth? What? Uh, that's what he has, right? The disease? Oh, right. Yes. yes. Like, what did he say? Shark Marie Tooth. <laughs> right. I, I, like, committed to memory this you time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm more yes. than so that I did. Clearly, I didn't remember what, what it was. I thought you just like had like you were just activated as a sleeper cell or something. <laughs> yeah, sorry, three, two. Nope. That, no. Right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, congratulations to Alan Jackson. I'm sure this will not be the end of his tributes. I'm sure we'll also hear something at the Grammys early next year, and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, yep. uh, congratulations to Alan Jackson. Congratulations, indeed. Right. Uh, did you listen to anything besides the Taylor Swift? Honestly, albums? no, nothing that's important to mention here. Um, I did get some kind of catch up, I guess is what I'll say, uh, from the stuff that I needed to catch up on last week. I finished the Carly record. Uh, I'm still in the middle about it. I think it's good. I think there's some real high points, but uh, overall, I don't know if it's going to stick around for me uh, for the rest of the year. Christy's the opposite. She says it's the best thing that's come out this year. 
Well, in a year that there's no Ariana Grande record, it almost has to, her album of the year, almost by default, goes to Carly. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the other other uh, uh, thing I listen to and catch up, I listen to the Tegan and Sarah record. Um, it's pretty good. Um, they're in their, still in their pop era, and I think it really fits them. And uh, it's just a really, really good entry into their ever-growing catalog. And uh, no, I still haven't watched their television show yet, but uh, that's okay. on my list. But yeah. All right. Anyway. So that's, yeah, but other than that, just Midnight's on repeat. I was listening to it in the car on my way here. Of course you were. <laughs> Anyways, let's move right into video games. Why not? And we start with new releases. Or at least I forgot I would. to do the new releases. Thank <laughs> you for not uh, for highlighting the fact. Um, honestly, I don't think anything's big, bigger than what came out last year, or last week, which was Call of Duty. I think that's going to be the biggest headlines right now. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, oh, Bayonetta 3 continues to have a rough uh, launch. Before we go into news, I do want to give a minor update about last week's story about the uh, former voice actor uh, and the controversy around her. Her case completely imploded since we recorded that Mm -hmm. podcast. And what I mean by that is, one, uh, it came out that apparently she lied about the money that was offered to her in that initial video asking for the boycott. Two, in kind of the aftermath, uh, she showed her whole ass on the internet by saying, hey, fans of me, if you're boycotting, you can donate to these causes. Well, just so happened that one of the causes she wanted her fans to donate to was a anti-abortion cause that was going to fund mm. anti-abortion uh, pro, uh, pro-life pro billboards. And so that doesn't look great. And apparently she continued to uh, bear her full, uh, full uh, behind as the week uh, continued. And apparently supports all sort of sorts of messed up shit. So maybe hope, one of the things you have to do. Is this retracting a story now? Well, I'm not retracting a story. Okay. Here's what I, I'm reframing it, and here's how I uh, here's what I recommend you do. I know it's hard for a lot of people on the internet to do this, but bear with me. You can have two thoughts that maybe have some crossover, uh, and just hold them in your head at the like at, like maybe. Uh, uh, not has to have some crossover. Maybe like don't com- like don't work together. Maybe they're like oil and vinegar together. But mm-hmm. like you can hold those two thoughts at the same time in the head. Your head, it is possible. And this is one of those times. You can say, I believe in general that voice actors need to be paid more, and it's a problem in the industry that voice actors are not paid enough. And also hold, but this individual is not a great person. And you can hold those two things at the same time. And that's this story. So just take that with you, and I'm going to say go ahead and play Bayonetta 3. You're probably fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, let's talk about some video game news, shall yeah, we? Yes. Um, so even though you don't have anything listed for upcoming releases, yeah. God of War we'll talk about next, next week. week. So Well, it's going to be, we're talking about the releases next week. We'll have a right. review, at least my thoughts two on weeks. it. The week after. Yeah, yes. so wait two weeks for God of War Ragnarok thoughts. Yes. But for now, and if you, some video games are if coming If anyone up. wants to send me a Hiltner uh, <laughs> box, I would greatly appreciate it. No one is sending you anything. <laughs> Just going to tell you right now. It may be, <laughs> be your birthday. No one is sending you a rare $100 plus dollar collector's edition. It was $250, but yeah, I see your point. <laughs> and, no, I, and no, by the way, I did not get it for you before you even start thinking that I did. No, not magic. I'm going to do what I did with God of War 3 Special Edition came out. Yeah. And that is just hope to hell that Best Buy has one last box when I go check. 
You can try. I you can, can certainly I can try. Definitely try. Anyways. Anyways. Video game news. Yeah. So speaking of God of War, it's on the PlayStation. It is. And PlayStation Five sales have numbers have been released. And they're uh, underwhelming if you're Sony, I guess is what I'll say. But you know, it's been rough for everybody lately. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've had to talk about PS5s maybe having a price increase. There's always short shortages of them trying to get them out. People go out, people buy them, people resell yeah. them. So because of all of these things... Yeah, PlayStation 5 has crossed the 2 million sales milestone in Japan. However, it's become the slowest modern Sony console to do so. According to sales data from Famitsu, the console has sold 2 million units to 2,027,000 units in Japan as of October 23rd, of as a week ago. Yeah. This is divided into 1.7 million consoles, uh, PS5 consoles, and 200,000 PS5 digital edition consoles. Would you have ever guessed that the digital edition was going to sell so much lower than the disc version? Uh, even though it's priced cheaper? Yeah. You, would you have ever guessed that? I certainly would not have guessed that. I wonder if this is different in the U.S. I would be really curious to see. Yeah. This means that the console managed to cross the 2 million threshold in 101 weeks or just short of two years following its launch. For comparison, mm -hmm. the PS4 took 90 weeks to do so and the PS3 even shorter at 73 weeks so yeah what you're looking at is while the ps2 remains the best selling console of all time so yes. it's like definitely way up here and they've just been chasing that since and it's in a downward trajectory but like you mentioned and uh, like yeah i don't think anybody expected it to outdo uh the previous consoles considering the context here it's harder to get it takes hard longer to manufacture they can't pump them out fast enough there's so, a chip shortage, yeah. there's uh, scalpers everywhere. Like Even yeah. though like the units are being moved, sure, but you still need to have them sold everywhere. It's just never going to be as quite as the fast seller as they want it to be. Maybe it'll play some catch-up like the mm -hmm. PS3 eventually did, but uh, no, I don't think it's going to be the immediate success that they'd like it to be in the current climate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's just looking at like, raw numbers. I think, as you pointed out, the big number right there is... The difference between consoles and digital edition consoles. Yeah, that's curious. And yeah, I want to see what U.S. numbers look like because it might be a cultural difference thing happening. Mm -hmm. I bet ad adoption of digital, like fully just on the internet downloading things are probably faster here than maybe in Japan, uh, where their culture is, is more about like collecting and like keeping things. And displaying. Yeah, I do yeah. wonder if there's an element of that uh, that maybe just be a cultural difference. Uh, providing that difference. But I could be completely wrong. Maybe worldwide you see the disc console selling better. For people like me and you who are like, just in case. Yes, it's always just in case. Just in case I need this. And also, hey, it's a still a Blu-ray player. It's mm -hmm. a good Blu-ray player. So, it's good to have. Just in case. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that's why it's contributing, but, no, but yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And it, it does add for more options. Yeah. Even though you may have to wait longer to get a, a, a one with a disc. Even though apparently there might not be anything on those discs. Um, I don't know if you saw the another small story that ran this week about the, the Modern Warfare 2 disc apparently has nothing on it, even on PlayStation 5. Yeah. Because typically Microsoft does that with Xbox games. Xbox games it's usually only have the code on them and have like like megabytes of, of deep data on them. Mm -hmm. 
PlayStation discs typically have at least the full disc on them. Modern Warfare does not. Mm. So a lot of people are disappointed by that. You have to download like a 100 gig patch on day one. <laughs> not fun. It's not, not a patch, fun. that's a game. <laughs> that's a game. Yeah, that's huge. Anyway. Right. Anyways, let's move on to our next story from Rocksteady. Not to confuse with Rockstar. Yes. First up, I want a minor correction from last week's podcast, or two weeks ago, when we talked about Gotham Knights. Yes. Gotham Knights, we said, was the Rocksteady game. That is not true. It's the Rockstar? No, neither is true. Oh, it's a different team where okay. that put out Gotham Knights. Rocksteady, the developers of the original Arkham, Arkham trilogy, yeah. they are making the Suicide Squad game. That is not out yet. They are making the Suicide Squad kills the bat or kill, kill kills Superman. the Justice League. Kills the Justice League, right? That's that's the Rock City game, and that's not out yet. So, okay. just minor correction as we go into a story about Rocksteady. Yes. Well, um, just like uh, Warner Brothers, Rocksteady's co-founders, Stefton Stefton Hill, Stefton Stefton Hill. <laughs> just pause for Stefton. 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 That's what I'm saying. <laughs> And Jamie Walker are leaving the studio. In a letter posted to the Rocksteady website, David Haddad, president of Warner Brother Games, made the announcement. Quote, with Suicide Squad, colon, killed the Justice League, nearly finished, they have both decided to leave Rocksteady at the end of the year of this year, 2022, and will begin a new adventure in gaming. We have the utmost respect and gratitude for Jamie and... Sefton, <laughs> and wish them all the best in their new endeavor. And, like many fans, we look forward to what they do next. There's two ways to read this story. Um, one, they saw what happened with Gotham Knights and panicked. Yep. And were like, well, we, we're not confident enough in this pro- product, maybe, and so maybe this is the time to like move on to something else, uh, get this out the door, and then get out of here. Or two, this is yet another... Uh, a pair of uh, execs leaving before Zaslav makes Zaslav his Zaslav comes around, yes. Uh, which is, like, everybody, I'm sure, in the Warner-owned division is probably wondering right now, how long is their job going to be safe mm-hmm. before the cuts start happening? So either way, it's not a good time to be these guys, and I hope they move on to something a little bit more fruitful in the future. Does Warner Brothers own Rocksteady? I do believe they do. Okay. So they would just be... Which makes sense why the president of WB Games would have made this announcement. Yeah, so, so they may be like, oh, just dissolve Rocksteady and absorb it into WB Games. I wonder if something like that is maybe on Sozlov's to-do list mm-hmm. after he's done writing off animated shows for tax purposes. $2 billion, do- $2 billion tax write-off. Do you see that apparently he's not done? That he's like, yes. he needs to do like two more, like two million more or something like yes. that? And I'm like, Jesus, this Brutal, just not. But apparently, it's going to count for this tax year and next tax year. Ugh. It's disgusting, is what it is. Do, do, you, do you hear that? That's the sound of pennies screaming as they're being pinched. Oh no! Oh no! Don't pinch those. <laughs> don't pinch the pennies. Don't pinch them. Don't like it. All right. Anyways, video games. Video games. What'd you play? Um, funny enough, I went back to the well. So I didn't talk about this last I week. Know, I don't. No, I'm going to talk about this last week. I went back to two games I talked about previously okay. on the podcast. First one, Tome. Oh, Tome. Um, they released a DLC. Oh, fun. They released a like an epilogue, a new island in oh, Tome. Cool. So if you want to go back to Tome and you had enough fun like I did, going around, taking photos, unlocking puzzles, snapping pictures, 
um, there's a new island out that you can go and explore. Nice. And it's kind of like the devs' a thank you epilogue for all like the hype and success that Tome has had over the past like two months now that since it's been released. That's nice. That's pretty cool that they're yeah. going to put out some extra, extra gameplay for for all the fans yep. out there. It was a thank you, fans, and we'll see you on our next project. So I don't expect any more to come from Tome, but it's nice that when developers continue to update their games and work and like appreciate like, all the feedback that they get. Nice. Very, very cool. Yes. And then the second one is, once I got done with that real quick, I went back into my summer game. Going to be on my game of the year list, just telling you right now. Lego, Star Wars, Skywalker, Saga. Nice. So... Where I last left off was that I completed all the story missions, and so I was like casually going through and start like knocking out planet by planet missions. It took me two months, but I finally got through all the planetary missions. Nice. I finally unlocked all the characters, unlocked all the uh, the ships, unlocked everything, except now I have to go back in and complete the story independent missions mm. in order to get the 100%, which means I'm about 70, I'm 75 to 80% complete with the game until I can get that 100% on the Lego game. Nice. nice. It's close. It's coming. It's the game I'm working on until God of War comes. Cool. Well, at least you have something work in progress until that happens. Yep. And Marvel Snap, of course, right? Oh, yeah. And Marvel Snap, <laughs> of course. <laughs> which, yeah, I'm sorry to report. That is the thing I've been playing this week. Oh, um, don't be sorry. <laughs> I was not convinced by you on the podcast. However, when every single video game po- podcast I listened to this week was talking about it as well and talking about how they were all addicted to it, I was like, all right, fine, I'll give it a shot. I told you. It is pretty good. Uh, I am enjoying it's it. It's easy. It's, I wouldn't call it easy. I would call okay. it simple. Yeah. I would call it one of those things that's like deceptively simple at first where you're just like, kind of feel like, well, I'm doing the things and I guess I'm winning, so I guess I'm doing this correctly. And it gets, like, more wrinkles as you go on as you're introduced to different cards in different places that have different weird, um, like, unique situations that complicate things. But Mm -hmm. it never really feels super challenging. So I think you're right to a certain extent. But I'm also not, apparently, to the point where I'm actually battling real people. So maybe that's tainting my opinion so far. Maybe when I get there, I'll start losing all of a sudden all the time. That could happen, maybe. But I do like it. I do like the the nuances of it. And I do like that they were able to simplify a card game enough while keeping it detail while keeping the detail, not sacrificing the feel of, oh, but I can customize this a lot. Um, and yeah, I think it's a neat idea um, to have upgrading your cards separated completely from the actual functions that they do in the game. I think that's a neat idea. And I do like that. Uh, I wish more games would do a thing like incentivize you to do that by giving you stuff on like a season pass style grid. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of cool too. Where it's like, because otherwise I don't think I would ever spend that currency. But the fact that they incentivize you to do it, I, I do every time. I do every time. There's also a limit. You can't get past 5,000 on that okay. for upgrading your cards. That's nice. Currency. So, so you if, if you hit 5,000, it'll literally say, you cannot, we cannot give you this reward until you actually spend what you have. Yeah, no, that's good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it so far. Um, yeah. You said you're about like level 50? 15. 15? 15, 1.5. Okay. So I'm, I'm not. I don't know if I can show you where I'm at. No, I don't need to know. I'm sure you're way ahead of me. <laughs> I, I might like make you cry just by showing you. 
I, this is how, like, because I got, like I said, I got early access to this about Wait, a you've month. you've been playing for a while. Yeah, I somehow got access to this, so I've been playing for about a month now. One of the fun things about this, though, is that I'm learning exactly how much Christine knows about comic books that I don't. Yeah. Because last, uh, this morning, when, uh, or this afternoon, when she was on her lunch break, I was talking to her on the phone, and I was playing, and I got unlocked Devil Dinosaur. Yes. And I was you like... You mean upcoming Disney series Devil Dinosaur? They found that out today as well. Uh, but yeah, I was like... Who the hell is Devil Dinosaur? And Chrissy, unprompted, just says, oh, yeah, like with Moon something. Moon and Girl? Was, Moon Girl. And I was like, how do you know this? Yes. Well, she knows more about comics than I do, apparently. What? <laughs> okay, he, for the audio listeners, uh, he just showed me the level that he is on. And let's so, say that it is not close to 15. It is not even remotely close. This is galaxies away. Uh, uh, if you if you had a number of what you thought I was, <laughs> this would I was thinking like, like <laughs> I was thinking like a hundred and ten. Let's say it is not even close to that either. <laughs> not even close. It's, it's closer to a thousand than it is to a hundred. Do did you unlock some sort of autoplay situation at some point? Uh, well, I built my deck around kind of an autoplay. Uh, okay, All right. and also I have uh, like several different decks. Uh, so like I have a I so I a lot of the Guardians of the Galaxies. Sure. So I have them as a separate deck. I have a destroyer deck where it's all like destroy cards or increase cards. Okay. Sure. Uh, particularly centered around Apocalypse because every time sure. he gets destroyed, he gets powered up. And then like I have my typical strong deck. <laughs> I call it a strong deck, but it's really my one card deck. So I have a bunch <laughs> of like one value one cards. Oh yeah. All centered around uh, Kazar. Okay, yes. Who gives That's everyone smart. a plus one. That is smart. Plus, I got a lot um, Onslaught, who yeah. is an ongoing and doubles all ongoing. Oh, that's also So, Kazar's plus one becomes going. plus two. Wow, that's that's good. That's pretty good. Plus, sometimes the um, Onslaught uh, Citadel will appear. So, all right. ongoings get a plus ongoing. Jeez. Which is hilarious, <laughs> because I have that with um, Iron Man. Yeah. So, it's a two-card combo yeah, whenever I see that. Over. Because I can put Iron Man on it, so his ongoing of double all cards at this location will get doubled from oh. the Onslaught Citadel. Oh. Will get doubled oh. by Onslaught, who doubles it, who will get doubled again oh. by Onslaught Citadel. So even though I have those two cards, which at face value total will be seven points, because it gets doubled and then doubled and then doubled and doubled. Mm-hmm. It ends up being like uh, like 124 <laughs> points <laughs> just from two cards yeah, at two that cards. one location for its Senator Citadel. That's incredible. I, I feel like where I'm at right now is like Iron, Iron Man works like half the time. Like I feel like he backfires as much as he does like help me. And he's used against me probably more than I actually yes. use him at this point. Well, it's, that's part of like strategy that because you can only use Iron Man two times in the duels. Either at turn five or turn six. Yeah. So that's why a lot of my cards are based on round one. Because I can use them at any point. I'm not beholden to, oh, I drew, like, Iron Man or Iron Man first. But now I have to hold them for five turns before I can play them. Right. Most of my deck is centered on cards I can play right now to fill up the board. Mm. And then, like... Kick those guys in. And then kick them, like, kick whoever I have in there. Double it up with Iron Man or with Onslaught. Right. So anyways, uh, that's this week's talk for Marvel Snap. We could keep There's going. some strategy really in this. Good. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. is, I think it is deceptive a little bit, where it's like it seems really, really simple, 
and then yeah, but there is some strategy yeah. to it, and I think except people, there's one card that like will completely destroy me. Mm. As I mentioned when I talked about it, it's the Killmonger card uh, okay. because he I destroys see, yeah. all one uh, all one cost cards. Uh, yeah, and then there goes your and there goes my strategy. entire deck. Yeah. yeah, it sucks. But as long as I don't counter him, I'm pretty much good. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it seems neat, um, and yeah, I'll probably uh, toy around with it a little bit more. It might maybe replace uh, Dreamlight Valley for me, which is kind of teetering away from me. I think I'm hitting a wall with that game where I'm like, there's just not enough to do every day anymore. Well, you hit the to... scar like so yeah, quickly. Yeah, I hit the scar stuff pretty quick, and so now I'm just like kind of waiting on everybody to level up everybody, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm hitting a wall soon on that game. But I don't know. We'll see what else they add to it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the good thing about Marvel Snap is that there's so many cards that, for you to unlock. Like, yeah, you can keep like, you, you can get to where I'm at and still not have all the cards unlocked. That's pretty impressive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so. both impressive and, like, kind of, like, infuriating because, like, I'm waiting for certain cards that I want to unlock. Yeah. But there's no, since there's no packs, there's no nothing you can, like, purchase to get more packs or more cards. The only way you can get more cards is by leveling up. So, yeah, it's, like... Smart. It's 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 pretty smartly designed for that mm-hmm. for the kind of thing it is. So yeah, good job on uh, Marvel Snap. All right, let's move on um, into the second half of the show. We always start it's the second half of the show with television. Cruising right yeah. along, and here. we always start the television section with sports. Although yeah, we we have television thoughts that you need to get through before yes. we say that this is cruising. Yeah, I'm sorry, but we got through <laughs> two sections, half hour right. or thirty five minutes. True. So. That's true. Uh, we start the sports section with the World Series. We are in it, folks. And, um, and cry your tears for who is in it. Yeah, 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 we know. The Astros, unfortunately, are back in the World Series. But they might actually have a challenge here, as the Phillies have already won the first game. Note that this means that the Astros are now 0-5 and five with winning the first game of the World Series, which is pretty funny <laughs> to me. They just can't get that first game to work. They were close, though, this game was pretty neck and neck for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Started out all Astros. By the third inning, they were so ahead. Phillies caught up. Yep. It was tie game by the seventh. Yep. Went into extra innings by the end. Bonus uh, baseball, bonus where they baseball. got rid of the ghost runner because yes. of the playoffs. Right. World and, Series. And get used to that because it is not coming back next season. It's back to regular rules next season. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, um, yeah, like, it's a good start for the Phillies. They looked really good last night after starting out a little weak, uh, allowing way too many hits. Yes. Uh, but, but yeah, they, they caught up and ended up having a crazy game-saving uh, catch at the end. So, um, took the first win. So For those who have been following the Phillies all season, well, I feel like we need to remind you that these are the Phillies who had a 14-game losing streak yeah. in, in April, had... As a result, their manager was fired. Yeah. And they're in the middle of an interim manager. This is what you call a Cinderella story, people. Like, if they can really make this happen, this will be a story for the for the ages. Um, pretty impressive, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and yeah, weird to see former Angel Brandon Marsh do well in a World Series. Uh, he yes. had a double last night. Yep. Which... Root for the player, not yeah. the team, but yeah. yes. <laughs> I, was ve- I was very happy for him. I was very happy for him. I'm g- glad to see him thrive. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to more Phillies wins. I would like to see the Astros embarrassed here, but um, they're a really good team. I hate to say it, but they're really, really good. Whether that's natural or maybe some enhancements happening, who knows? 
I'm just saying from what the baseball are, on the screen, they're doing really well. Are you so saying that because old man Verlander should be at the tail end of Jesus. his career and, and instead still, somehow is still he still pitches like that. I don't know. I don't know how he pitches fastballs like that. I just don't know how he does it. I don't know how he gets those swings and misses at, at the rate that he does. I Especially. just don't understand. It defies logic. If you get a 94, he's only not throwing 94. If you get a 94 down the middle of the plate, how are you not hitting it? Right. How do they feel? How does it feel like they're swinging in slow motion every time? It doesn't make any sense. It's like black magic. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand you, Verlander. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, looking forward to more good games like last night's. Um, this yeah. might be a really good World Series. So stay tuned for that. In the, meanwhile, in the meantime, though, uh, football fans uh, saw their king knock down a peg this week, depending on your view of him. Yes, the man who was set to retire at the beginning of this year and decided, nah, I don't want to hang out with my wife anymore. I want to go play football. Well, that might have been a sign that maybe things were not all right in Tom Brady's paradise. Yeah, as him and Giselle have yeah. filed for divorce. Not a great uh, look, especially for Tom Brady, who is underperforming so far in this season. Also not a great look for men in general, because if <laughs> you um, cannot please your woman, who is Giselle Bunchkin, right, one of the most that. beautiful women in the world, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're not... <laughs> what chance do the rest of us have? Yeah, seriously. Wow, what a what an embarrassment. He should have retired last season. Yeah. Because I think that was his time. Just... Sit down, Tom. Sit down, Tom. You're done. You're done. You got your documentary. You got your legacy. Please, leave the game before your legacy gets tarnished. And I think it might be too late. It might, I mean, had he left after he won the Super Bowl with the Patriots... Should have been done. Should have been done. Had he left after he won with the Bucks... He should have been done then, too. Had he retired when he said he was going to retire. This is why you retire after you win, because then you can't retire after you're bad. And now he's going to have to retire after he's bad. Well, it's the I mean, it's that kind of Michael Jordan thing where yeah. like he retired when he was on top, went right. to go play baseball, but then came yeah. back because he didn't want to like leave the game like Brett that. This happened to Favre too. Didn't he see Favre do the same thing? Now Favre is also having a lousy twenty twenty two. Yes, he's just becoming a complete scumbag. See? Apparently, he always was, but now we're just seeing the full ass. See, this is in those Wrangler hands. Meanwhile, uh, Peyton Manning retired on top. Right, he's moved to TV. He's doing okay with his Omaha Productions now. Mark Sanchez, retired, is doing um, sports casting now. Tweets now about the hot dog game. <laughs> Did you see that? He tweeted about the hot dog game, and then the NFL account retweeted it, and the Jets account retweeted it. called it a, a, a shining moment in NFL history or something. And I was like, beautiful. I'm glad that, that yes. we can all look back and laugh at the hot dog game. <laughs> that beautiful hot dog, just... Sneaking that hot dog. Yep. Beautiful. Anyways, moving on to basketball. Yes. By the way, update. It's happened. I still don't know if I can do it. I still haven't watched it? Spectrum doesn't let you change the um, The TV choice package package after you've already bought it. Yeah. So I would have to cancel it and restart it if I wanted to add TNT to my package. So I might not be able to watch any basketball except for the games that are on ESPN. And I looked up how much League Pass is. I am not spending $90 for a single game (laughs) season. There's no way I'm spending $90 for a season to just watch one game. Or one seat, one uh, team. It's yep. not worth it. Nope. Not worth it. Especially 
because it blacks out TNT games. Yeah. So I still can't watch those still games. Still can't watch TNT. So maybe next season. I'm pushing the basketball down the hill a little bit. I don't think I'll be able to get on board this season. It's okay. You got on board with baseball this year. Yeah. That was a big step. I've been on board with baseball for two years now. <laughs> to be fair. Yes. Anyways. But yes, uh, nonetheless, basketball still is happening. Uh, LeBron James, in a similar way to Tom Brady, not having a great start to his season either, as he is already 0-4 and four so far with the Lakers. Yes, yet to win a game. Yeah. Um, as a, a parody account tweeted uh, with a big Lakers banner, it said, see you next year, fans. <laughs> already. <laughs> already. Already. There's a lot of basketball to play, people. Don't yes. worry about it too much, but still, not a great look. Yes. If you're supposed to be the biggest name in basketball. And I think you're, again, for the second week in a row, because I think you're right. I think it's time for the league to move on. LeBron is no longer your king. Mm-hmm. The new kings are somewhere else. They're not the Sacramento kings. Nope, they're not the LA kings either. Because <laughs> that's hockey. Yeah, hockey and that's also still going on. It's happening. Um, yep. Meanwhile, yeah, I guess if you are a hockey fan, though, it seems like uh, the Bally sports packages actually might be a good deal. Oh, yeah. I hate to promote Bally here, but. Yeah, if you're in the LA area, you can watch all of the Kings games and all the Ducks games if you just subscribe to their streaming service, which is pretty cool. They should make the deal with the the Angels and tie that up, too. Oh, but maybe with the new owner of the Angels. Yeah, maybe he'll make that deal, because (laughs) apparently they they can negotiate with the league with hockey, but they have to negotiate team by team with with Major League Baseball. So we'll see. I don't have my money on it, but that would be nice. That would be nice. Anyways. Anyways, that was the sports corner. That's the sports corner. Now we're moving on to television news. We start television news with uh, someone who was in the sports corner last year uh, with as part of the uh, halftime show of last year's uh, Super Bowl. Surprise! Yeah. Hanging upside down in the club. In the club. In the club. No, actually, no, 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 no. That, that was earlier this year, actually. That was earlier this year. Right? Yeah, that was this year. Uh, but yeah, in the club himself, uh, Mr. 50 Cent is in the news this week. Yeah, and not because he's singing that it's my birthday. No, but it is true. Yes. Curtis, we're going to party like it's my birthday. Indeed. We are. Indeed. Yes. After yes. this podcast. Yep. We're uh, going to go shop for Bacardi because it's my birthday. Well, we're not going to do that, actually. No. We already have booze here. Yes, we I do. Think you're good. More booze, I'm sure, will come. Uh, Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson, and his G-Unit film... Sorry, I didn't say that right. G-Unit film and television <laughs> banner have set a three-project partnership with Lucid Media. That's L-U-S-I-D. The companies have already set up the first project under the deal. Exact details are being kept under wraps. No, it's not under wraps, the Disney Channel original reboot that is happening right now. Or under wraps, too. Or under wraps, too. Uh, But it is known to be an unscripted true crime series for Peacock that is slated to debut next year. Jackson will executive produce the series and will work with Lucid to develop two more projects under the deal. So this season, moving away from the deal, I guess he had with Showtime. I thought it was Stars. Was it Star- Stars? You're right. Where yeah. he produced the, 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 power. the Power and then the Book of Power. Yeah, and all the spinoffs. So yes. yeah, um, Curtis uh, already is making his already has made his name in television, and uh, he continues doing it. And hey, if that's what he likes and that's how he wants to make his money, good for Fifty Cent. I say think that's great. It's probably a way more stable career. Uh, than music. So, or video games. Or video games. <laughs> yeah, although we need a remaster of Blood of the Sand. Oh, it's so good. When I was writing the story, I thought I was thinking, game. like, one of the next projects got to be a Blood in the Sand. Give us live a Blood series. of the Sand reboot, please. Remaster that for PS5. What glorious game. What a glorious game that would be. Please. 
Anyways. Anyways, yeah, uh, this is kind of like the first steps that Peacock is taking to help bring on like curation yeah. for for that trick. Smart. Put yeah. money in that thing. Uh, make it better because it needs to be better. It needs to be better. You need something that makes me want to be happy. I'm subscribed to it. Yes. <laughs> Outside of WWE and football. <laughs> football. But uh, Disney um, is cur- is also in the business of making their streaming service seem better to all sorts of people. And this week they made a move that's um, perfect for those. I'm going to borrow a term from um, GameSpot's Lucy James and, uh, and Callie Flaky. Um, Tiaboos will appreciate. Tiaboos being fans of British culture. Yes. And that is Doctor Who. Uh, the da- the Doctor, Doctor Who? Doctor Who, yes. Doctor Who. Doctor Who is coming to Disney Plus as it will become the new home for Doctor Who outside of its native UK. Under this new deal, made by the BBC and Disney-branded entertainment, new episodes of Doctor Who will stream on Disney Plus in the United States and all international markets in which the streamer is available. In the UK and Ireland, the sci-fi series will continue to air exclusively on the BBC, or the Beeb, as they call it. Yep. The deal will begin in November 2023, which so. will coincide with the three specials set to air for the show's 60th anniversary. And will continue when the show returns for its 14th series. Stateside, Doctor Who aired on BBC America, which is owned by the BBC and AMC Networks and a joint deal since 2008. The 13th and first female Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, exited the series in this Sunday's special, The Power of the Doctor. Which I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. The 14th Doctor, in an unusual move, will be played by, hey wait a minute, David Tennant? Who previously played the 10th Incarnation from 2006 to 2010 in the three 60th anniversary specials. Nukuti Gatwa will be introduced as the 15th Doctor during these specials. Moreover, the specials will be written by fan favorite Russell T. Davies, who revived the show back in 2005 and ran it for five years. Davies is set to take over as the showrunner going forward, replacing Chris Chibnall, who ran Whitaker's time on the series. So yeah, it seems like fans are excited for this move. Like I mentioned, yep. Davies was a fan favorite when they rebooted The Doctor back in 2005. With David Tennant. With David Tennant. So, so he's going to be the executive producer on the three specials. Uh, the first one, which it was uh, The Power of the Doctor, already out. Mm-hmm. Um, ended on the really big cliffhanger as they transitioned into the like, 14th Doctor. Yeah. And that 14th Doctor is going to be um, over the next three or two more specials. For the show's 60th anniversary, culminating in the new Doctor of the 15th, which is Gatala. So I want to ask you a question, because this story here, and the story that I had read prior, doesn't make this clear. This appears to only be going forward. So what happens yes. to the back catalog in the U.S.? Oh, that was also part of the story. See, I, didn't, I don't see that anywhere. I don't actually, that's why I'm Disney asking. Plus is going to get... The back catalog. They get everything? They get everything. Wow, okay, that's a big win then. Yes. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the news. That's, that's the news. should be in this story. Oh, I'm sorry. Because, I yeah. thought it was made obvious, but I guess not. Yeah, when I was, yes, Disney Plus is going to get the back oh, yeah. catalog okay. of Doctor Who. Because when I was talking to Christy about it, she's a fan of some of the series, uh, the reboot series being one of them. Yes. And so, yeah, I, 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 when she asked me that, I was like, I don't know, actually. I don't know what happens. Because that's the thing. And so, yeah, if yeah. Disney Plus gets that, then that's a big win. Oh, no. Disney Plus isn't going into it just for the new series. They're getting it for everything. I'm telling you, Disney Plus, listen. This is yet another st- a series that has so many episodes. 
the world is begging you to put a random episode button, please. Yes. Random episode here. Random episode of The Simpsons. That's all we want. Just give us random episodes. Random episodes. Please. Or they put on, like, the channels, like, live streaming, just constantly rotating in episodes. Yeah. So I can just put it on and have a rotating stream of episodes. I like that idea, but I feel like in practice it never works as I want it to do. Because they show the exact same things sh- over and over again. Because they do the same same thing every day. Yeah. If so it's like that, no, I don't want that. No. But if they do it for reals, that'd be cool. But mm-hmm. I doubt that they They have enough episodes where they can run a new episode every day of every yeah. hour to where if they only. don't need to have a repeat. If only. If only, if, if only. only. All right, let's move on, and you have some television thoughts. Why don't you roll right into The Power of the Doctor then first, because you watched this. Yes, um, I just happened to watch this. Like, I knew that it was coming up, but I thought it was going to be like a like Fathom event in theaters only for the U.S. and yeah. like on BBC. So it's a big event. It's the end of Jodie Whittaker's time as the Doctor. Right. Now, I didn't watch all episodes. I wasn't that in tune with it. I actually haven't really been that in tune with it since 2005 when David Tennant was. Sure. Uh, the original uh, was in the reboot, and then like after the finale there with uh, Bad Wolf, I kind of like uh, teed it off. Keep, keep, keep coming in, back in and out, back in and out. Uh, but yeah, Jodie Whittaker's time is over. Kind of a really good episode, a really good swan song, really good send off. Bit teary eyed um, okay. as she uh, parts us, but it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> Part parts here, this, part yeah. one, deep parts, deep parts into three parts. Sure. Uh, but yeah, in what was supposed to be the end of the Doctor and then introducing the new Doctor, the 14th Doctor, um, that's where we got a big surprise as uh, it was not uh, Gatla who showed up. Yeah. No, it was a repeat Doctor. That's weird. Uh, yeah, it was super weird. It's and weird. so it's going to introduce that and then dovetail into these specials as the 14th Doctor before we get to the 15th Doctor. So it leaves us with a bit of a mystery. Um, Joy Whitaker, I think she did a fantastic job. I think a lot of people were very questionable on the internet, um, especially when they went with a female Doctor, but she definitely nailed it, nailed the role. Uh, was only in it for three years. Was it three years? Two yeah, years? Oh, two or three years now. Uh, but such is the time. Usually you get about three seasons until they move on to the next Doctor. Uh, but yeah, we'll be missed, but we'll be excited to see where they take the show next. And right. having it on Disney Plus and just easily access to me now, good move. it's a real good move on Disney. Yeah, they were smart. That was smart. smart. That, I, mean, I don't know whether they paid for that, but... I'd imagine a lot. I mean, yeah, I would imagine a lot. And also, like, if this is going to be the only place outside of the UK that you're going to be able to watch it, it's going to definitely bring in a lot of fans. Yeah. Even if you weren't already subscribed to Disney Plus, or hey, maybe it just doubles down. I'm like, well, now I know I'm never going to get rid of Disney Plus. <laughs> right. It's insurance. <laughs> oh, it's definitely insurance. All right. Okay, cool. With that, what else have we watched this week? Uh, keeping on Disney Plus, Dave Filoni and his animated team decided to uh, release Tales of the Jedi, more of the animated style similar to Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone Wars, yeah. uh, the uh, Bad Batch uh, kind of animated style. But instead of it being a full series, these are about 10-minute episodes that kind of fill in different gaps of the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. uh, as told from Tales of the Jedi. 
Um, some of the episodes include like how Ashoka was born and like how she was born with these Jedi. And people are just inherently born with Jedi abilities. Um, we saw Qui-Gon Jinn as a young man. We saw the turn of Count Dooku. We saw a couple stuff that was never actually shown in the Star Wars film. And you kind of like had to piece together like in your imaginative mind, like, oh, like maybe this happened and this happened, but this is like, oh no, like this is because Dave Filoni now has the keys to everything. This is how it happened. Like this is the definitive story that we're going to tell in yeah. these Tales of the Jedi. We're filling in those gaps with these shorts. I understand that Bryce Dallas Howard is Yaddle. Yes, she is. <laughs> I just wanted an excuse to say that. Yes. Uh, when they showed Yaddle, I'm like, I bet that's Yaddle. And then they're like, <laughs> and they said, and Master Yaddle. I'm like, that's Yaddle. They have Yaddle. <laughs> Leans over to date. That's Yaddle. That's Yaddle. Like, I don't know what that means. And it's like, oh, no, that's Yaddle. I don't know. Yaddle. Yeah. It's Yaddle. Yep, they made Yaddle, like, very much canon instead of just a background character. From what I understand, okay, this is my limited knowledge of Star Wars showing, but this is my understanding about what it was. Yes. Yaddle, I guess, was a extended universe character back when it was still called the extended universe. Yes. And I guess she's one of the things that actually came over from the extent, old extended universe into the new one. So, in um, Phantom Menace... <laughs> Here we go. Uh, in, like, the Jedi Temple, you have Yoda, and Yoda's uh, version. Yes. yes, they center on Yoda. But in the background of Yoda, there's a Yoda-like character yes. that is dubbed Yaddle. They never speak in the actual, <laughs> like, and in the prequel trilogy. I see. They're just in the background, and the fans love on is like, it's not Yoda's not just the only person. Yeah. This is also like before uh, yeah. Baby Grogu. It was established Baby that Yoda, Yoda is, a, Yoda is a member of a species and that Yoda is not unique. Yes. It, it was just expanding on that. But, but it was just a background character. To be fair, though. saw and were like, we're just going to call that Yaddle. To be fair, I just want to say, like, the episode one background situation is a little questionable to, like, make canon because isn't E.T. also in the background in episode yes. one? So making E.T. technically part of canon in the Star Wars universe? Just say. Oh, yes. Just no, say. there's actual like full-on theory that E.T. is a Force user. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, I guess there are some And he's trying to phone home and he, like, he's, that's how he's able to like, float the bikes up sure, and yes. heal Elliot. I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying that, keep that in mind. Yeah. All sorts of wild stuff. He's a force user. He's a force user. in the background there. Anyway, so yes, Yaddle yeah. is now... Yaddle is now official. Has a voice in his price. Tell us, Howard. Yes. Sure. And battles uh, Count Dooku. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. That's pretty great. Yeah, spoilers. But um, also, not spoilers, because sure. it's like, obviously you're, like, you sound like Count Dooku. You're obviously Count Dooku, even though, like, the big reveal is I am, I, I will become Dooku. Sure. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. So... It works in that same way as like this other like the like the what was the other Star Wars one where they experimented in different um, oh. animation styles. Oh, this is not that. I know it's not, but I'm saying it's like that where it's like, it's, um, well, like, like the, shorts in that universe. Yeah, it's shorts in the universe, but like it's actually canon to Dave Filoni's timeline okay. universe because he's the executive producer on it. Um, not like the uh, Star Wars. What's oh, what that it? called? It's like the anime Star Wars shorts. <laughs> Star Wars 
story. Story, it's not story. It's not story. It's legit now. Was it legend? Uh, See, that's the thing. You can't name your thing a generic name because it's impossible to remember. Visions. Visions. Yeah. yeah. Not a good name. Not a good name. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so it's not. So so yeah. It, it, it's similar in structure. Yeah. Well, whereas Visions was not canon, um, this is very much canon because Dave Filoni is executive producer on all of it. Good. All right. uh, there are six episodes. They're all about ten minutes each, so it's very short. You can run through it in an hour, yeah. hour ten, and it does give you more insight and background into stuff that's happening outside within like the prequel uh, world, cool. including uh, Camino. Why was it removed from the records? Ooh. I don't even know what that means. I don't want to know. You don't want to know. know. All right. Let's move on from Star Wars uh, into Lord of the Rings. So I'm actually one episode shy of actually finishing this Uh this thing. Uh, But unless, like, the final episode absolutely blows me away, (laughs) my thoughts on it have not changed. Yeah, it seems like that seems to be the most. It's it's all set up. It's all set up. It's all set up. Rings of Power is what we're talking about. Yes, yes. Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power on Amazon. Like I have said, I have one episode left, but that episode is... An hour and ten long. It's super long. Just each episode is super long. It's like I'm watching a movie. <laughs> I have to be in the right mindset to sit down and watch this thing. And it's not. It doesn't move fast. Everything is slogging. Everything is pacing. They they try and make everything connect, but by the time it gets to it, I'm like, okay, now remind me, who are you again? <laughs> Which one is this? Which one are you again? <laughs> You're all doing the exact same thing. You're all moving towards the same goal. And yet, we're just now getting you guys interacting with each other. So, yeah. Yeah. Nothing special. I mean, maybe next season will be better, but yeah. I don't know if it's enough to make me want to come back to a next season. On the flip side of that, what about the other big streaming uh, uh, fantasy show? Uh, this is the Game of Thrones spinoff yes. prequel, House of the Dragon. Oh, hot. 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 Yes, hot D. Hot D. Getting that hot D. What did you think of the finale of this season of Hot D? Um, House of Dragons, I House of the Dragon, I judged you too harshly initially. Okay. Um, there was a big time skip in the middle of this season um, that kind of was very jarring because you got so used to like these characters, and then big time skip in order to get to where the show actually wants to go, and it's all been set up. Uh, I don't know how much like dragon incest you can handle, and one person can handle in this thing. Uh, for me, it was where that's where I kind of stopped and was like, "All right, <laughs> too much dragon incest," and you're. you're I already Wait, know. You're, hold on, dragon incest? Yeah. The the dra- the dragons. The house of the dragon, because <laughs> they feel like they're born of the dragons, have incest with each other in order to keep their blood pure. Sure, yes, but do the actual dragons perform incest? Because that's what it sounds like. I mean, it's metaphysical, and like as as like relation to them actually performing incest. Metaphorical, I think, is what you mean. No, it's it can also be metaphysical. It is metaphysical because it's a <laughs> physical like embodiment of what they're doing. It's not with that. Whatever. Anyways, we're out of time. <laughs> we do not have time. <laughs> Anyways, so, so, yeah. They're, they're, Once I got past that, they're doing it with each other. We got it. Yeah. So. Once you get to the actual season finale and it ends, you kind of you see the whole picture and why they had to start where they did, because season one right here, 
is act one. It's all set sure. up. Again, set up. Yes. But it seems like better executed setup than the Rings of Power. It's better executed setup. And it's better needed setup because if you started like, if the last episode of the finale was the first episode of the series, yeah, you have your inciting incident and you have where it's going to go from there on. It's basically going to become War of the Roses in House of the Dragons. Then again, that is George R. R. Martin taking from War of the Roses into exactly what this was, right? Or what it's always been. Um, houses clashing over the throne, but not in a game-like manner. It's like actual, <laughs> we're going to war, and we're going to take the throne back. Right. Just don't let him into the throne. Yeah, don't, don't. Especially not now. Yes. Please. Yes, he's Is definitely... Anyone else, anyone at all, please take that throne. Yes. He's not watching it anymore. <laughs> not me. watching the throne. Trust me, he's, he's done. He's definitely in his own zone. Zone, yeah, zone, please. zone. You can stay in that zone for all I care. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Um, yeah, so the last episode, the finale, could very well have served as the first episode because that's a very inciting incident that leaves everything else in its wake. A lot of dominoes get fallen. But then at the same time, if that's where you start, you lose the backstory of how we got to this. Right. And that's right. what this first season is. It's how we got to that inciting incident. All the relationships being built, all the relationships being torn, all the backstabbing that you see, because nobody ever goes to war overnight. <laughs> nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to go to war. It's the constant buildup. It's the little things that happen over time that build up. It leads to the straw that breaks the camel's back. Sure. And that's what that finale they was. Have, they have camels? The, okay, the straw that breaks the dragon's back. The back. Okay. That's what season one is. That's what the finale was. All right. And I'm actually excited for season two. Say, so you're I on want board. more of this. You're man. on board for next season. Yes. All right. Cool. Um, Great. Well, that's... Yeah, if you can get past the dragon incest. <laughs> yeah, dragon incest. That's hot D. Yep, it is uh, a hot D. <laughs> good job on the hot D. Let's move on out of thoughts and into cancellations and other rules. We'll just right. tear through these. What am I no longer watching? Yeah, you're no longer watching bad crimes. In fact, nobody will. Because it was canceled pre-production... So it didn't even make it that far. Uh, that was the Mike Judge. Yes, one of the Mike Judge projects that was on, on, uh, incoming. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that one, Bad Crimes, will no longer move forward. Next up, HBO is re uh, renewing Industry for a third season. The Roku channel somehow renewed Chad for a second season. This is not the renewal. This is Chad <laughs> premiering or showing its already filmed second season oh, on no. the Roku channel. Oh, no. Who asked for this? Well, team, the, the people who behind uh, Chad. I guess so. The scene Pedra wanted yeah. it shown somewhere. And, and, and the Roku channel. didn't want it, so... <laughs> well, because they pulled it the night it was supposed to premiere. Ugh. Disgusting. Anyways, Netflix. And I like the scene Pedra, but holy, what a bad use of her. I'm sure it was her idea. The saddest part is, is I'm sure it was her idea, because it's exactly the character she used to play on SNL. Mm -hmm. She loves doing that character for some reason, and it's inexplicable to me. Inexplicable. Do anything else. <laughs> anything else. Next up, Netflix renewed The Upshaws for a third season. CW is saying that the fourth upcoming season of Nancy Drew will be its last. So, so another CW show will end. Yes, it will. What do they have left? How what? genuinely do not know. I don't know either. Netflix somehow has gotten the uh, Dead Corpse of Girls 5 Eva canceled over at Peacock for uh, the third season. 
Yep, and season one and season two will be streaming on yes. Netflix as well. So if you're a fan of that, uh, it's not dead. It is uh, continuing a new life on Netflix. Showtime canceled City on the Hill after third se- after its third season. Stars renewed The Serpent Queen for a second season. Prime Video renewed Clarkson's Farm for a third season. And the CBS, the CBS, the CBS and Paramount Plus canceled the Real Love Boat after just one season. So a little bit of a combination there. CBS canceled the love, the Real okay. Love Boat, the um, dating show. Sure. After five episodes. It's not even new. Yes, after five episodes. The remaining episodes will be shown on Paramount Plus starting on Wednesday. I see, but we'll burn burned out. So there will not be a season two of like, the real Yeah, love I don't boat. think they're going to do a season two. If they do, it's going to be strictly Honestly, Paramount Plus. Honestly, this is the first time that I'm hearing about the real love boat. <laughs> I can't believe they did a reality version of the love boat. It's funny. It makes sense. And yet, yeah. they just somehow they just want, needed to use the IP. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. They lose that trademark if they don't. Yep. Let's move on to deaths. We have a few this week. First up, George Philbin, who age seventy five, or sorry, Greg Philbin. My bad. Um, I was looking down at, at the next one yes. ahead of it. Um, age seventy five, the bassist for Ario Speedwagon. Uh, go ask and your parents they, about that. And they probably tell you. My mom, for ex- example, loves Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> Leslie Jordan, age sixty seven, actor with Grace Hearts of Fire, Call Me Cat, was a sitcom staple for years. Mm-hmm. Emmy winner back in two thousand six. Yeah, this one hit hard for a lot of people. A lot of yeah, different people I knew like us. knew who Leslie Jordan was and yeah. reached out. Yeah, Chris Christy texted me after it happened. He's like, oh no, Leslie Jordan. I'm like, oh, that's a sad one. Mm-hmm. 67, kind of young too. Yeah. Kind of yeah. early for that. Didn't look 67. Next up, Jules Bass, as in Rankin Bass, age 87, animator and TV producer. Of course, responsible for many of the Rankin Bass productions stop motion animations of the Christmas season of yore, including Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, and others. Yep. I did not grow up with these, but I didn't know but that the a lot reruns. of people did. Um, so, well, yeah, no, I'm saying not even with the reruns. My dad hated them apparently oh, growing really? up. And so he did not show it to me and my sister because he was like, no, if I hated these, then why would I make you go through this hell? <laughs> Christy, on the other hand, grew up with all of them. Yeah. So we have this like balance where she was like, no, we have to watch Frosty the Snowman. We have to watch the Rankin Bass stuff. And I'm like, no, it is Charlie Brown and it is The Grinch. <laughs> those are the two that I watch, and those are the only two that I watch. And I also show her my uh, family's family tradition, the 1999 Fox television special, All of the Other Reindeer, starring Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Yes. That is our tradition. No one else remembers it. It is still for free on YouTube. It has not been pulled for 10 years. <laughs> And I watch it every year on YouTube now. The, the weird animation where she's oh, it's the dog. It's kind of like a Paper Mario kind of yeah. animation. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Drew Barrymore is the other yeah. reindeer. Produced, Olive. produced and co-written by Matt Groening. Yes. And it has a lot of, at the time, um, Futurama talent on it. Uh, John DiMaggio is in it. Yeah. It's great. Um, R.E.M.'s Michael Stipe does an entire <laughs> uh, musical number in it. It's fantastic. Underrated. This, hel- uh, this uh, holiday season, please, YouTube all of the other reindeer. Trust me, you'll like it. Moving on. Uh, yeah, one of my doctor's uh, holiday traditions is a Garfield Christmas. You know what? That one's all right. 
the Garfield specials are okay. Yeah. Uh, that was the era of uh, Garfield and Friends, and yep. those, all those all those are really really good because they had some really great writers on them. So yeah, no, I recommend that as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's our early Christmas recommendations <laughs> in October. And moving on, um, the last death this week: Jerry Lee Lewis, age eighty-seven. Of course, a Hall of Fame singer and rock and roll legend. Great Falls Fire, a whole lot of shaking going on, High School Confidential. Yes, believe it or not, Jerry Lee Lewis was still alive until this week. Oh, he was doing all those uh, specials. No, that's Jerry Lewis. That's Jerry Lewis. So yes, here's here's the thing. (laughs) Jerry Lee Lewis is not Jerry Lewis. Yes. And he is also not, um, who did Christy get him mixed up with? I forget. Not Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee Jones, (laughs) that's who. Yes, Christy got him confused with Tommy Lee Jones. It's like, no. Tommy Lee Jones was in Men in Black, and he's still alive. Uh, is he? Yes, that is Tommy Lee yeah, Jones. Yeah. And that could be confused with Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. Who was someone who, yeah, was, who the was the singer of that excess. Was, yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and with uh, pa- Pamela Yeah, Anderson Pamela Anderson, yes. Sorry. Anyways. Jerry Lee Lewis, unfortunately, <laughs> died this week. So there you go. Rock and roll uh, Hall of Famer. Um, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Into the movie. There's no way to really segue out of that. So... Well, I mean, we could have said, wait, but that's talking more about Jerry Lee Lewis and yeah. kind of what he's been up to since becoming a rock and roll legend. Who knows? Let's move on. Movies. <laughs> the movie section. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. Okay. Nope. Don't, don't look it up, folks. Don't look it up. Let's start movie section with the weekend box office numbers and your number one movie, as predicted, uh, but lower than predicted. And I said that. So I think week. that 150 was worldwide. Yeah, well, it definitely didn't do it domestic because The Rock's Black Adam compared to only $67 million. That's still a pretty good number for this year, mm-hmm. but a good number for this year is an embarrassing number for every other year. Yes, it was. Number two, Ticket to Paradise came in with a $16.5 million debut. Turns out that uh, George Clooney uh, does not quite have the box office pool he used to, but he still did an okay, decent number. He probably got paid $16 million just to appear. <laughs> I bet. Number three, Halloween... Uh, horror movie Smile with another $8.4 million. That's at 84 respectable mm-hmm. for a horror movie. I bet it was cheap to make. Yep. Halloween Ends, speaking of cheap horror ma- movies, $8 million. Mm-hmm. That's at 54 And rounding out your top five, your family movie, Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile, Sean Mendez, still uh, bringing the kids into their seats. $4.2 million this week, $28 million domestic. Upcoming this weekend, if you're over the Halloween releases from last week, it is time for Armageddon. It's Armageddon time, which is your one release on this upcoming Friday. Uh, this is, takes place in the 1980s about fear of Armageddon during that time. Uh-huh. Um, also, caveat, um, getting a wider release this week and into next week, Tar. Right, Tar. Sta- sta- uh, starring Kate Blanchett. Yes. It hit this, uh, the festival circuits. A lot of good buzz for Kate Blanchett starring in this thing. I've heard mixed things about Tar. I've heard some people that are like, yeah, it was good. And some people are like, totally overrated. So I don't know. We'll see how it does. We'll, we'll see how it does come award season. Yeah. But it's been a festival darling. Uh, but we'll see how it plays to a general audience. General audience. Let's move on to movie news. And everything get out of the way. Because this was the biggest TV news of the, or movie news of the week. We, uh, no, you're not that far off. Because it did creep into yes. uh, TV news it's as well. It's true, actually. Also, this, this needs to be updated to the new Yes, name. This touches a lot of things. In fact, it, it answers a question that we had on this very podcast just last week. 
which is who gets the keys to the DC Empire. Yes. And how um, long will it take for them to choose somebody to be a Dave Filoni style creative lead? Well, that question's answered. Because James Gunn is here alongside producer Peter Safran. They officially have been tapped to lead DC's film TV animation efforts as co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios, which is a newly formed division at Warner Brothers that will replace the existing DC films. This is then getting into Marvel Studios yeah. kind of space with it will DC Studios. Their own kind of umbrella thing. And it's them. also them getting away from what people have a bad taste in their mouth whenever they see DC films. Right. The unprecedented move in which a top director will assume a top executive post marks the end of a month-long search by Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav to replace DC Films boss Walter Hamada, who departed the studio last week. Gunn will focus on the creative side of things, naturally, while Safran will focus on the business and production side. Both are expected to continue to direct and produce projects, respectively. They will report directly to Zaslav and work closely with Warner's film bosses Michael DeLuca and Pamela Abdi. The goal is for them not to just be producers, but to truly function as executives, even while Gunn will occasionally direct a movie. This is uh, an interesting move for James Gunn especially. What a career has this guy had? He's complete, I guess after being shafted by Disney a couple too many times, (laughs) uh, he was like, well, if these guys will give me this super lucrative position, then I'll take it. Or more likely, if Disney says I have to color within these lines right. and DC is make your own damn lines. Yeah, he's going to be <laughs> take the thing that allows him more creative freedom. Because yep. if he's the executive, he decides how he makes his movies. And his own movies in this case. <laughs> yes. So it almost it's an exciting move for what, until this point, has been a pretty boring product. The DC film that... It's been very rote, very formulaic. So to have somebody who is known to be a creative, inventive, like, person, like, I hope being an executive doesn't ruin his brain, because I would like the James Gunn, as we know him now, to be the head of the studio. Why not? Give him the keys. Imagine James Gunn, 15 years ago, Slither comes out. (laughs) Can you imagine? And you're like, you know... That guy should run should yeah. run DC films. I got you better. I got you better. You just bought you just rented a copy of Lollipop Chainsaw, <laughs> co-written by James Gunn. That guy is gonna run the DC movie empire. Scooby Doo <laughs> Monsters Unleashed comes out. That guy, that guy is gonna guy. run DC. I'm sure so many horror movie heads are freaking out right now because he was the he was the poster child for yeah. a very long time of like the dream job of like being the the horror movie director who made it big and didn't sacrifice his like cool cachet. Mm-hmm. Like, good for him is what I have to say. Also, it makes the stuff that happened on this season of uh, Harley Quinn even funnier. Yes. <laughs> Somehow, I don't think they realized that when they were writing those episodes no. with James Gunn. Uh, perfect. Anyway, um, so congratulations, I guess. But like I said, I'm taking all of this with a grain of salt because. Being giving this much power will change a man. So just keep an eye on James Gunn from here from here on out. Watch as he gets more corporate because it could happen to this him. This deal is for four years, so yeah. we'll see by twenty. We'll see before the decades yeah. out if this thing rings him happens. dry and he comes out on the other side just burned out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely could happen. Absolutely, maybe this not maybe could be not for him, but we'll see. 
right. So this is me putting tinfoil hat on right now. As you love to do. As I love to do. Every now and then. So this is me putting tinfoil hat on. Of saying what's going to happen within the decades out. Okay. All right. So Marvel Studios has just finished up, has released its plans for the multiverse saga. Going through end of this year into 2026 with culminating in Avengers Secret Wars and uh, King Dynasty. Or actually, mm-hmm. reverse that. King Dynasty and Secret Wars in 2025 and 2026. James Gunn has a deal right now with Warner Brothers that runs through that exact same timeline of 2026. Yes. There is a comic book series in which Marvel and DC coincide to a multiversal, multi-publisher level of crossover. I know it happened. I realized that it happened. There is no way the modern Disney lets that happen. Disney is so protective over their IP. There's no way. There's no way it happens. But it's Marvel Studios and now DC Studios. I don't care. Who, lest we forget, Kevin Feige tapped James Gunn to direct... Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy no, and two. And that's still happening. But And three. There's no way. There's no way it happens. James Gunn and Kevin Feige have a working relationship. Sure, they do. But I'm as saying, studio heads, they have yes. a working relationship. But this is me with tinfoil head on saying I'm this isn't gonna happen in the next the Marvel. I'm ripping off the tinfoil and throwing it in the trash because there's no way the current Disney lets that happen. If Disney goes through a huge That's change, the thing though. It's not maybe, current Disney. This is Disney four years from now. Yeah, this is Disney eight years from I now. I honestly do not see a corporate shakeup big enough happening to Disney in the next four years that would cause a decision like that to happen. I say there's no possible way that it will ever happen, that those two brands will ever coincide again. It will. never happen. It will. Because James Gunn will turn DC Studios mm-hmm. into the... DC, James Gunn and Peter Safran, because not just James Gunn, both of them will turn DC Studios into the powerhouse it knows it can be, and Disney will get scared, and, Ke- Mike, and Kevin Feige's no. going to be, you know what? I like James Gunn. I can work with him and get the better deal out of this between the two of us. I imagine that James Gunn will do a good job, and I don't, I don't doubt that it will be, they will make better movies under his leadership than they have been doing so far. But in no way do I think that this will usurp what Disney is doing with Marvel, I think it's a formula that will continue to work just as it has. And I do not imagine Disney being in a spot in four years where they feel vulnerable enough to make a deal like that. I think that they are still going to be on their high horse and they will decline any deal that James Gunn comes to them and offers. This is not James Gunn coming to them. This is is Kevin Feige. I don't think Feige does it. This is both of them working together. I don't think Feige does it because if you look at everything that is under the Disney umbrella right now, including the Marvel stuff... It is such a walled garden. You see how The Simpsons has reacted to be under the Disney umbrella? Mm -hmm. They don't make fun of them like they used to make fun of Fox. Instead, they work within the confines of the Disney rules. And that's because I think that is the kind of corporation Disney is from the top. I think Disney is so severe with how they want to maintain their, their brands. That's why they've been dragging their... I think they're the ones that have been dragging their feet with the Spider Man stuff with Sony. I think that they obviously know that it's going to work, but they're so weary of how Sony wants to use the character in that universe that they're the ones being like, no, you, we want him, but we want him to do the way we want him because we're Disney. 
They lock down everything that's theirs. And I, I can I would never would never happen as long as Disney is the way it run in the way. Like I said, do. this is in eight years from now. <laughs> this is Ted Foil Hat saying this will happen. This will come to pass. This is me writing a note on the scroll, <laughs> putting it in the archives, and saying this prophecy will come to pass. And I'm saying that you the will only see way that this Marvel will happen, vs. DC on the big screen. The only way this will happen is if that Disney is a completely different corporation, and I do not see that happening in our lifetimes. Marvel vs. DC will happen because of this deal. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. That is me saying we'll see. I doubt it, but we'll see. Like I said, this is my tinfoil head on moment. <laughs> All right. Let's anyway. get to our next story. <laughs> that, anyways, uh, yeah, big congratulations to James Gunn and Peter Safran. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys more um, at our end of the year because this is probably going to get be one of our big stories. Yeah, it might be. Speaking of the Sony uh, Spider-Verse, Venom 3 is still happening, and Sony has tapped writer-producer Kelly Marcel to helm the third film starring Tom Hardy. Marcel and Hardy will produce the new movie and develop its story, details of which are being kept under wraps, with Marcel, handle, Marcel handling the screenplay. In addition to the Venom movies, Marcel is best known for writing the screenplay for 2013's Saving Mr. Banks and kicking off the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise with a script for the first film in 2015. Venom 3 marks Marcel's featured directorial debut. Weird choice, considering yeah. what they've worked on. Um, also weird choice considering it'd be their first time directing a project. Hmm. Um, is Venom 3 going to be a rom-com? What is happening here? Not sure, but this also means that Andy Serkis will not yeah. be returning from I directing not, Venom no. 2. Guess not. Uh, weird. 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 Very I, weird. I don't know where they're going with this, uh, but they are planning on connecting Venom to the bigger, like, internal Sony Spider-Verse. Finally. Finally. <laughs> With Morbius it took him three and Craven, to do it? Oh, and maybe Tom Holland, I don't know. <laughs> it's Morbin time for the Venom. So, Venom 3 is now a thing. It will be happening. They have a writer and director, and Tom Hardy is signed on to play, so... So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. What a disaster franchise. I hope they can save it, but I have no doubt, I have no confidence. Hey, if anyone can save it, it's the person who literally wrote Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> yes. Make it heartfelt and make it based on a true story. Anyways, let's move on. You have one thought. Just I have one. Yes, I have one thought. It's a movie on Peacock. Yes. Um, yeah, no fan question? No, no fan question this week. Okay. So yeah, well, one last thought to wrap us up here. Meet Cute. So it's watched, a very rom-com staple. Yeah, speaking of rom-coms, you watched Meet Cute. This is the Peacock rom-com, and this stars uh, Pete Davidson and Kaylee Cuoco. Yes. As... Wow a time loop, time travel, time loop ah. um, situation. Okay. That, that's the hook, where Kaylee Poco continuously lives this first day of them meeting and their um, night together um, in a meet-cute. Right. Um, hence the name. Hence the name. Uh, where uh, Kaylee Poco is having probably like the worst day of the year. Worst day of her life, but um, meets Pete Davidson and turns everything around and becomes the best night of her life. So she wants to continuously relive uh -huh. that night. So she, it's a hot tub time machine kind of thing. 
Okay. I'm oh, sorry. It's a time machine tanning bed that only takes you back <laughs> 24 hours. So hot tub time machine meets Palm Springs. Is that what we're talking here? Yeah, except in Palm Springs, it's a forced continued loop, whereas nice. this is a I'm forcing to oh, continue this it's loop. It's voluntary. Herself. She is choosing to do this. To She's me. choosing to do this every single Got day. It. Okay. That she does that. Not spoiling anything. Whatever is going, like the thing that's going on in her life is so bad yeah. that just reliving this one day keeps her from moving on to the next day. You know, that's a pretty good concept. I had written this off because Christy and I are not fans of the Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's actually of a pretty, the Pete Davidson. Yeah, of the Pete Davidson. And so, yeah, uh, I think that that's actually a pretty good... Uh, I like the idea of making a time loop movie voluntary, giving the protagonist the ability to stop at any time because it, yes. makes, it makes the stakes a little like more complicated because it's like oh well if they have the power to d- do this you have to make them active to want to you have to make the want really strong which yeah. is interesting and the want here is that it becomes the best night of her life right and that she doesn't she want to keep doing it. she just wants to keep doing it. she doesn't want to see what's on the other side what the next day holds what right. the next year holds she just wants to continuously live in the moment. But what's the problem? What keeps her from like this being a good idea? Oh, the problem is that they set the time travel rules up and then immediately break them. Oh, no. And that's why I cannot recommend this. Do not watch it. Okay. Not breaks, just because it's Pete Davidson. It breaks your time machine rule thing, which is yes. if you're going to do time travel or loops, you have to have rules. Yes, you have to establish your rules and right. you cannot break them. Oh. So when she tells you what the time travel rules are, right. I can only come back 24 hours. Uh-huh. And then later in the night goes, well, I kind of lied, actually. <laughs> it's not, probably it's not just 24 hours. I can technically go back to any point in time that I want. What? No. Yes, and that's the no. part. Yes, once that, once that line is uttered, and then it shows it happening. That's when I check out of the film. And like, you literally just broke the one rule that you set yeah. up. You broke the one rule that made this actually interesting. And that makes the premise less fun. Because yes. the, whole pre- the idea of the premise being like, the protagonist has to be convinced to stop is interesting by itself. Yes. So if you change that, then it's not the same. It's not, there's a better movie that they could have made. Yes. Except they broke their own damn time travel uh, rules. It's how is uh, how is uh, our, our leads here? How are Kelly Kaylee Cuoco and uh, Pete Davidson? Is Pete Davidson playing the one character that Pete Davidson always? Yeah, plays? which makes yeah. me, which also yeah. like puts us in a fantasy realm of <laughs> is Pete Davidson really like that good of a person that yeah, you want well, to? Well, hold on, you say a fantasy realm, but look at all the women he's dated. No, no, no there's got to be something too. Yeah, Pete I know. Davidson. Oh no, 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 but that's him dating over a while. This yeah. is her dating. The same date over right. and over again. Reliving, the fir- that reliving first. the first moment, that first spark, that yeah. meet cute. Okay. So, yeah, trying to like, yeah, well, because it's not even like Pete Davidson pursuing her; it's her pursuing Pete Davidson. Right. And in essence, not only is she stuck in this loop, she's making him stuck in this loop, even though he doesn't remember because it's a new it resets every version. Time. Yeah, it resets every time. It doesn't reset for her though. Or does it? No. Because she, she is purposely going back in time 24 sure. hours every I just don't time. understand why that's, why that's the case. Yes. <laughs> Again, it doesn't really rule, answer that. They, they the, don't do a good job, No, I guess. The, rule is, the rule is that like at the end of the date, she wants to just continue reliving that date so she only goes back 24 hours. Yeah, I just, she's got to, I don't know. 
There's an interesting concept pod. there. Yeah. But then, yeah, what, one was the monkey pod. Two, don't break your own rules to make it go right. anywhere. So, like, they took something that could have been a really interesting premise and just ruined it. Yes. Well, that's depressing. It was. I mean, we'll always have Palm Springs. Yes, Palm Springs was great. It's been, it's, it's perfect construction. Because it, yep. it, it establishes its rules, it plays by the rules, and the stakes are high enough. Yes, it is a little, like, do they play a little fast and loose about the solution at the end where, like, they have an infinite time and so they lear- literally learn, like, quantum physics? Yes. Yes, but it's easy to, like, the rest of the movie works so well that you, that can like, be swept under the rug and nobody really cares. Right, but, yeah, <laughs> if you have an infinite amount of time, yes, eventually anyone can learn anything. <laughs> eventually, theory, theoretically. In theory, you can learn anything yeah. if you have an infinite amount of time to do anything. What a good movie. Yep. What a great movie. You could even say it was one of the best movies. That year that it came out. Yes, we can say that here on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Me Too is a no. Yeah, Me Too is a no. Like it's a no. Like I had hopes for it. Like it's like PTA aside. Concept, I like Kaylee Cuoco. I like the concept of like it's only twenty four hours, so she wants to live. Somebody and maybe this is you should write the version of this movie that's not good. That that's not bad. Yeah. Like the the, the because I think there's a g- kernel of good here. This movie just didn't execute. Yeah. I did not watch any new movies this week, so we can safely move on. And then that does it for us today. Yeah, that'll do it. Thank you for joining us uh, for this creepy edition of the Media Book Podcast. That wasn't actually any more creepy than it usually is. No, I just dressed up as Clark Kent. I was yelling at you too. Very creepy. <laughs> yes. So uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for a November episode of the Media Book Podcast. Can you believe it? We are almost to the end of the year. And speaking of end of the year, we will start talking and discussing yes, our end of the year events end of the year stuff and that means oh, i gotta make lists which is terrifying yes listicles are coming oh, lists why well, this is gonna be an impossible year for music for me i say that every year but say that every year definitely this year also gonna be interesting for television movies because actually i think i watched a lot of more television and movies than i usually do so in music tv and movies yeah we've watched at least one thing every week. And, we have over yeah. 52 items video, already. Video games have been pretty good, too. Video games, I think we're at 40. So I don't think we're going to hit one a week, or like on our average, Okay. Uh, yeah. by the time we hit the end of the year. But okay. we will have enough to fill out our oh, top yeah. five. Absolutely. Yeah, so look forward to that. We will tell you more information once we have that about those lists. But for now, thank you for joining this week. We'll be back next week with more thoughts, more news, more everything. Um, you can join us on YouTube live on video if you go onto YouTube and search our name Media Boat Podcast. Once you're on our channel, you can like, subscribe, comment, and leave a note or uh, a notification. Uh, click the bell for notifications. This is what I meant to say. If you would like notifications when we go live, you can also listen to us in sound form, audio. On, uh, yes, audio. <laughs> you could call it podcast, audio podcast form. If you so want, we're available on all podcast catchers like. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Media Boat Podcast. Then uh, we're on social media. On Twitter, we're at Media Boat Cast, uh, unless um, good old uh, uh, Mr. Tesla kicks everybody off. Who knows <laughs> what's going to happen on that platform? So, hey, who knows? Maybe we will or won't be on there. We'll see. Uh, get a co-host. Anyways, uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get a co-host. Yep. Anyways, um, I signed up for that thing. I'm a co-host now. Yeah. It's cool. It looks cool. Anyways, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. Media, well, uh, social media. We're on Facebook if you search Media Boat Podcast. Uh, whatever you like, we're on there. And, uh, yeah, just let us know. Uh, we'll be back next week. Oh, yeah, you can email us at mediaboatpodcast 
at gmail.com. If you have questions, we don't have a fan question this week, as you see, but hey, maybe we will next week. You stay tuned. It could be your question that we read out loud on the air. So please send us questions. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Have a good Halloween. Yep. Be safe. We'll be back with more news, more thoughts. Um, forgot to mention the video games because I only played about two of them, but Jackbox is out. That was the other big release. Uh, Jackbox 9. I've only played about two games, so I'm going to play uh, the other three. All right. And then I will talk about that in full next, next week. Next time. All right. See you guys then. Bye. Okay, bye.